0: He had been lucky all his life, and having spent his life in North Korea, that wasn't easy, but today felt different, as if there were tiny vibrations across the apple he was eating. But of course, there was nothing, yet there was still a chill in the air, and then he saw, sneaking up behind him, a small black beetle, hardly bigger than himself with fine hairs and yellow legs. It was to be the last thing he ever saw, and we're about to find out why in Season 1, Episode 6 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, a podcast dedicated to ladybirds. welcome to Season 1 Episode 6 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. I'm your host Rachel. Now I hope you're all good and well. I want to first of all make an announcement. So we're about halfway through the season and I'm having a two week break as it is shortly to be the Jewish holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And secondly there was a climate strike all over the world last Friday and I wanted to express my support and solidarity with those taking part. So, with that in mind, I've decided to recommend a podcast I've been listening to. The Species Podcast by Mackin is one I highly recommend. Each week, the host Macken discusses a different animal on his show, and this week it was the Humboldt Squid. That is an animal which can potentially eat humans, and it is becoming more numerous because of climate change and because of humans killing all of its natural predators. So if you don't want killer squids to eat everyone, that is pretty much an incentive to do something about climate change, isn't it? I mean, it really is, isn't it? Other animals he's discussed in his show have been a lot more inspiring and cute, like the kia, like the cedacanth. Okay, maybe the cedacanth isn't cute, but you know what I mean. And much more. So if you want to learn about weird and not so weird animals, then please check out his show. Now, you may not think, that if you're happily listening to a show about ladybirds in the UK, you've got much reason to think about what happens in North Korea. Well, there you be wrong, because there are ladybirds in North Korea. So, in 2012, Takanobu Katano and Do Han, both at universities in Japan and presumably with the agreement of the North Korean government, conducted entomological surveys around a series of locations in North Korea. And I really apologise in advance if I've got the names wrong of these, like please get in touch if I have. They included Pyongyang, Ketchon City, Erlin Waterfall, Mount Myohang-san, Mount Pekso-san, and presumably more. As following this list, it's just Sydney says etc. And I'm really sorry, I'm going to go off on a slight diversion here, Because I think it is absolutely amazing that these guys went all the way to North Korea just to look at ladybirds. I mean, it's definitely my number one place to go and find a ladybird there, North Korea. And they seem to have quite a lot of ladybirds there. And there's quite a few I actually don't recognise the names of. There are, perhaps unsurprisingly, the Seven Spot and the Harlequin in North Korea. Along with the Cream Spot and quite a few we don't really get over in the UK. It is good to know, isn't it, that the good old seven spot really seems to get around, even in North Korea. They also found a number of other beetles and insects. But the other find, which I've got to say I was quite surprised over, was the ladybird we're going to talk about today. Stethorus bacillus, the dot ladybird. And it is a ladybird which I myself only saw for the first time recently. So, Stethorus bacillus is the smallest ladybird in Britain. And it's even the smallest ladybird in Europe. And in fact, the name that it's been given points to its small size, as does another common name usually given in America, the lesser mite Destroyer. This ladybird is tiny. It is no more than one millimetre long. It's frequently even less than that. Its wing cases are entirely black, with fine hairs all over its body. And it does have yellow legs, or a yellowish-brownish colour anyway, if you can actually get a... Uh, big enough close-up enough to see the colour of its legs. It has a rounded and slightly domed ladybed shape, and it does sometimes appear to be a slight bit of confusion because it can also appear under the name Stethorus punctilum. In 2018, this was changed to Stetheris bacillus in the entomological bulletin The Duff Checklist. That's a great name, isn't it? The Duff Checklist. But it does still frequently get referred to by its old name. Now... If you're wondering what a spider mite is, it is a small mite from the Tetranychidae family. It is usually less than one millimetre long and it gets the spider part of its name from the fact that it can sometimes spin a silk web. Spider mites can cause damage to plants because they puncture plant cells while they're feeding. Spider mites can attack a variety of plants including fruit, peppers, tomatoes, potatoes and even cannabis. And according to one website I looked at, justforgrowers.com, they are, quote, one of the most feared and loathed enemies of all indoor gardeners. sound pretty bad, don't they? Now, a bacillus can survive all kinds of conditions, some better than others, and high humidity and high temperatures don't really seem to bother it to the same extent as maybe other ladybirds do, at least not much in the short term, although it does survive longer with an overwintering period. You may not be surprised to learn that the cannabis industry is very keen on Stethryptillus for getting rid of these pests. And a variety of websites i found, especially for hemp production, were offering the ladybirds for sale. With one describing how it can find its prey simply by its sense of smell. And it's an excellent flyer. Unusually for a ladybird, and perhaps because it is so small, it doesn't really go for aphids that much. It's preferred food is spider mites and sometimes thrips. But if the aphid is sufficiently small, the ladybird would attack. It seems to be something of a generalist and eats mites from all types of plants. So, in order to produce viable eggs, the adult female must eat over 20 spider mites every day. And some reports show that the ladybird prefers eating spider mites eggs to other stages of the life cycle. The eggs of Stethorus bacillus take three to five days to hatch and the larva takes eight or nine days to develop into a pupa if they even survive that is, because eggs and young larvae experience the highest mortality. Both the pupa and larvae are less than half a millimetre long and once the pupa has developed it will take a further eight or nine days for the adult ladybird to emerge and a further week after that before the ladybird is able to mate and lay eggs. Both the larva and pupa are black and covered with tiny hairs and the egg is only around 0.1 millimetres long. In the wild, the ladybird can live up to two years, and in that time, the female can lay up to a 1,000 eggs. In contrast to other ladybirds, which lay their eggs in batches, Stethorus bacillus lays its eggs singly, and lays between 3 and 13 eggs per day. But this ladybird is often used for biological control, and under those circumstances, in greenhouse conditions, the ladybirds usually live no more than 60 days, producing no more than 150 eggs in that time. This lack of an overwintering phase can shorten its lifetime, as usually that period gives it a rest from activity and a chance to hibernate. Now, a few weeks ago, when I was at the recording event at Perryville Wood, which I discussed during the episode on Rhizobius satura, we did actually find a Stethorus bacillus ladybird. It was beaten off of one of the trees. You'd be very pleased to know it escaped being preserved, and at the end of the day, I released it back into its natural habitat. It was quite an energetic little thing, although it did seem to want to hang around rather than go off into the wild. I'm actually not sure what stethrys means in Latin. I was unable to find this out. But punctillum means a dot. punctillum is part of its old name. Whereas Pasillus means very little, small, petty or insignificant. But while this applies to the ladybird's small size, it definitely does not apply to its appetite it can eat up to 150 spider mites per day, which is somewhat of an impressive feat for the smallest ladybird in Europe. And in what's becoming a very common theme, Stethorus bacillus was introduced to America to control spider mites, although its original range is from Western Europe to Japan. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm really sorry if it's a bit short. One thing I've learned through researching the episode is that although the ladybird is tiny, there's still such a lot of interesting and memorable information to learn about it. For example, I'd never have thought the tiny ladybird I saw crawling around a test tube a few weeks ago in Perryville woods would also be found in North Korea and be so useful to the cannabis industry. It's another one of these ladybirds that if you saw it, you wouldn't even notice it was there and you probably wouldn't even know it was a ladybird unless you looked a lot closer. So, the answer to last week's Cochinella Day, you know, was that a prosternal keel is a raised area on the underside of a ladybird. It's how you tell Rhizobius litura and Rhizobius chrysomaloides apart, because Rhizobius litura's prosternal keel is in a pointed shape, whereas in Rhizobius chrysomaloides it's round-shaped. And this week I want to ask the question, how long can a seven-spot stay in the air for? I bet you're going to have to go all the way back to episode one to find out the answer to that one. So thank you so much for listening to the show. I'll return in a few weeks with episode seven. And if you're from North Korea or you've been to North Korea and seen the ladybird there, or indeed if you've seen any other spider mites getting high on a cannabis plant, I really want to know. If you like this episode, please subscribe to my Facebook page, Hidden Wings and Bloodlust Podcast. Or send me a message on Instagram at 365.ladybird. You can also subscribe to my Patreon at www.patreon.com/slash hidden wings and bloodlust. The music at the start of the show is Boardroom Walk by Kaskat Kaks Pistapiriko, and the music at the end is by Deborah Torrance. Have a really great weekend, and if you're celebrating the High Holy Days as well, then Chag Sameach and Umar See you soon, and goodbye for now. Bye.